Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard, at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is, in fact, a member of the DLF family of podcasts. I don't know what to do this week. I know I say that every week, but I really don't know what to do this week. Listen, we've looked at breakouts from every angle that I can think of, mainly because I've been solidifying that as a much more core part of my process, because I've always had it there, but I didn't quite have my teeth in, uh, as well as I wanted to really go into it the way we have this offseason. We really learned a lot about them. I've covered from every angle, every position I can think of. And we even did YouTube videos about it. We looked at 2022 regression trends. We looked at what to expect in 2022 broadly, running back positional scoring likely to bounce up, breakout trends from the last few years and what that should or could or what we could reasonably expect that to have an effect on what we should expect for 2022, just to bring the breakouts just in one more way to look at them. We looked at players to target, and I also told you where to find a list in my PA Howdy rank sheet on Patreon as it updates, as value changes throughout the offseason. So I started maintaining that list. And we looked at startups, how to do a startup, right? And especially in 2022, based on what we learned from the trends of what 2022 was kind of looking at as a dynasty year we looked at rookie adps of interest we looked at player adps of interest we looked at denver and the russell wilson situation we went over gabe davis that was quite some time ago if you don't remember but i already had the same opinion i have on him right now quite a while ago uh, if you weren't sure we talked to scott barrett no less about rookies and also just the season in general and players that were sticking out we talked about trey lance we talked about we talked with Anthony and Miko, much like we did with Scott Barrett, about rookies and interesting things that we might see in 2022 and what to expect. We talked to Dave Wright, FS Spaceman, the other database cruncher, cruncher for rookie ranks and statistics. We talked about peak value and whether to sell players at peak value or rather how quickly and how hard to do it. We talked with Jeff Bell from Fantasy Pros about vacated targets and Alman Ross St. Brown and why just because it leads you to the right player sometimes it's not the right process um we talked about everything as far as i can figure at this point i feel like i'd be retreading it as if i'm some sort of content creator who cares more about being known as a guy who made a core right than just being a dynasty player trying to get better and having improved his process and after spending much of tonight on it um i decided that that's where we're at like at the start of the offseason, I always talk about breaking out the process, reevaluating everything with fresh eyes, and changing what needs to be changed based on what we just learned. And then before we go into next season, hopefully we put it all back together. So that's where we kind of are right now, right? So let's put the whole process back together, which means that the episode theme, what we should be talking about today is how do you play Dynasty? Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and nerds all at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. Lazy and to the bone, no doubt about it. 
Sometimes I grind my Excel sheets Sometimes pour cold water on heat When the mess not adding up You said I'm checking out I'm just finally working to the ground Yeah, you know, I probably shouldn't let that whole song play out. It's really long, but every time I re-listen to someone else's podcast and I have to sit through three ads, I think, you know what, I don't do that. So maybe I just get to listen to the whole song. Is that okay? Like, I left a whole bunch of other, hey, would you like to pitch this on your podcast things in my unread DMs. Anyway, I like the song, okay? Zachary, Dynasty Dummies. Speaking of which, next week, which is actually tomorrow for me, that's kind of why I've been in crunch time for this episode um jacob rickroad and zach reed are gonna come talk to me and i'm gonna hopefully turn that into a podcast episode for next week or maybe a couple because it should be a really fun episode where both zach and jacob tag team me that sounded wrong but on things essentially i think i'm on the opposite side off of both of them from whether quarterbacks matter for wide receiver production and running back trends heading into 2022 and, and whether Alan Lazard is a new Jordy Nelson. I suspect that's exactly how Jacob's going to say it. That's not, you see, I'm straw manning him in advance just so that he can like have a little edge when you actually hear the po- Anyway, um, but that should be a really good episode. So I wanted to do a good one this week, but I spent all week thinking about it. And I came up with that introduction. Like, that's what I've got. And if I was a more planned person, if I was a true content creator, this would be scripted. It would be an evergreen episode. But I kind of got tired of evergreen content because I lose it. Because someone asked me a simple question in Discord these days, like, what are the best rookie stats? And I pummel them with links and articles and videos because I keep making evergreen episodes for those kind of questions because I can always, always think I can do it better. I think I'm better off script. Although right now I'm beginning to wonder. But how do you play Dynasty? Yeah, let's put some of the process back together. This isn't how to play Dynasty. This isn't how you should play Dynasty. But I'm going to give some idea of where I'm at in my process of what I'm trying to do when I play Dynasty. And I honestly think the best thing anyone can do, including me, is to take and leave like a buffet, the best parts of anyone's process you find, whether it's just someone seems to hit on certain types of players and you like their process for them and take their tight end takes or their running back takes, or you just like hearing them discuss the upcoming seasons or regression trends or player evaluation through tape. You just take little bits from everyone. I honestly think that's the best way. But I want to put my process back together, which I think I've done uh, for this off-season now, and I thought a synopsis of it could work in a kind of overview of what I think about 2022 and it kind of blends into an easy out for this episode which you know all that should take you know no less no more than 30 minutes I'm sure um which is uh what does that mean a rehashing of maybe some things I've said but maybe maybe we could do with retelling of them essentially what moves am I trying to make in a dynasty league right now that I'm already in based on what my process says and where I'm at and what I expect for 2022. So trades, essentially, a running back and wide receiver that I'm trying to execute. Not that I can always execute them. That's part of the problem. All right, so, yeah, 
I'm ready. I'm fully... Oh, God. Where do you start this? Um, All right, let's start on a journey. No, let's instead think about hit rates, because that's really where I think a lot of us, especially amateur uh, stat grinders, get into it. You hear things about hit rates and wide receivers hitting and running backs hitting um, in a certain career year, and you're like, that would be a really solid thing to know, because then you could look at players and have some kind of expectation of who is going to produce more or less um, in a given year just based on something that's solid, that's something that's based on a decent history, a decent data set, because that's my process. It's not really statistics and it's not film. The more I've put it back together this offseason, I've realized my process is a, is a historical one. It's what happens most often, most of the time, and then look for those things that people don't seem to be willing or as willing to buy into or to trade for or to draft for going into the next season and that's what I call values players in very likely to hit career years that are not being drafted as if they're in very likely to hit career years and essentially fading the noise around the narratives that are essentially a 50-50 bet when it comes to vacated targets or reading situations or even evaluation of what we can expect from teams now all of those as I think many of you have this far into your dynasty journey if you're listening to me you're probably pretty far into it let's face it um probably have moments like i do where you look back and like i used to be pretty good at fantasy football and now i feel like i get my ass kicked more often than i did before and at different stages of trying to get better i've honestly felt that because i've always tried to do what i preach and sometimes it doesn't work um and i think the further i go the further i find that especially to win, you have to put yourself on more of a knife edge to make risky or risk-managed bets, and if they don't work, you lose. But you're also putting yourself on that knife edge, so instead of getting into the playoffs and maybe winning on variance sometimes, more likely you're often to lose than not, um, or not to, not as likely to compete sometimes. I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe I'm just bad. I don't know. I will say one of the things I've noticed about my player trends, especially over the last two years, is the top rostership of my dynasty leagues looks much better. It used to be that the highest rostered players I had, not that you'd like the players, but they used to just be the cheap values, the players that were fairly easy to get so I could acquire them in bulk in most leagues. And now, more often when I go look at my running back or wide receiver or tight end rostership, they're much more solidified into a certain number of players that I have strong opinions on. They might not be the best players, or the one of them's Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, I'll point out, and also Tim Patrick and Kendrick Bourne and Zach Pascal, but they are players I actually have strong opinions on. And that, to me, I don't know if that's better or worse, but it's more of how I want to play. Um, I do want to go, honestly, Jacob coming on next week. It's one of the things I've tried to without... because. We have entirely opposite processes and come up in entirely opposite places all the time. But one of the ways I really admire and like about his process is he makes his decision about the next season and then kind of just goes all in. I literally saw him trade a first, 23 first, for Hunter Henry next year. And the answer is because I think I need him next season. That's the answer. It's not that value's wrong or that I could have gotten more or people don't like Hunter Henry. He just wants Hunter Henry and he knew that would get it for him. Now, that's crazy from my process. Again, we're often on very opposite sides. But I do appreciate that he is 
going for what he thinks is going to happen, and he's good enough at fantasy football and dynasty in general that he can rejuvenate his roster if it doesn't work out, even if he does make a trade like that that doesn't work out, although I think that one might. Anyway, random example. That, that was a synopsis of sort, isn't it? it I, I'm trying to get higher rostership of players that I have strong feelings on, but I'm trying to do it at value. Um, all right, let's back up to the hit rate thing. Now, the career year hit rate is originally how I wrote up most breakout trends for originally back in the day, um, a site that no longer exists, and I slowly started to write them up for DLF because, again, they were evergreen articles. Instead, this offseason, I've rewritten them up for all positions. I only had two of them written up for DLF or rewritten up for DLF because it was a slow-going process. Instead, I've done all of the positions yet to be published, so I can't throw the links to you, but... Um, with the new way I view breakouts. Um, and I think that's a quintessential part of how my process has changed. Instead of thinking about players go moving through their careers, instead I more think about the year in front of me and who and where the players are currently in respect to the year in front of me, instead of where I can expect the players I like to be in the future. Does that make sense? Instead of thinking, oh, well, I, I'm going to draft Traylon Burks this year and I know he's most likely to do something in his second career year and following the very interesting very useful rookie statistics which I no longer know quite as well off the top of my head of you know having to have 600 yards or around there or at least a, what was it a 14% target share or at least uh, 10 points per game I think it was in that original article instead of thinking that way about what this player I like will be and where I'm gonna need to expect instead I'm looking at 2022 and saying who is more likely to be the most valuable player or most or player to increase their production from previous years, whether they're a rookie, so zero to something, and to second year players in the year that's literally coming in front of me. Instead of in thinking in terms of draft classes, in a way, I started to think about my dynasty play in terms of seasons. Instead, which is much more redraft orientated, which is what I've always been spiraling towards. How to play Dynasty like redraft while continuing to maintain value so that you never have to go full rebuild. Although sometimes you have to go full rebuild. Never go full rebuild until it's a good idea to go full rebuild, as they say. As I said. Let's just say they say it too. Did that make sense? I think it did. Yeah, I don't think in terms of career development or players anymore necessarily or draft classes. I think in terms of the season in front of me, I'm most interested in what's most likely to happen this year, which is a very redraft mindset, but I do it from a broader perspective using dynasty research that we've been doing for a long time. So instead of looking at, you know, instead of writing up when players are most likely to hit for DLF, instead I've been looking at who is the most likely to break out, using a much broader definition of breakout, um, in 2022, and what that means for how I'm likely to play Dynasty. And I think that's honestly the progression of the last two years where my process has gone. It's not that it's changed, because ultimately the core of it is try to come up with something that is repeatable, historically true, um, make sure you're paying attention to eras and trends in the in NFL production as well so you're not going to get caught out that way that's why I tend to take a 10-year view instead of a three-year view in terms of dynasty trends 
but at the same time find something that is repeatable and reliable year over year doesn't have to work every time but has to work out more than 50 percent of the time and then stop making excuses for players that you like that's honestly been the hardest part of those last two years i want to make excuses for players i like um, and there are and the other part of it, which I've mentioned on the podcast several times, even this offseason, getting better at rostering players I maybe don't quote-unquote like. I'm still terrible at that because the players I like and not like are really on a scale. But I have managed to put most players on a scale instead of a black-and-white binary system of like and don't like, which I think is why my roster ship has actually improved. You'd think being binary about it would have your roster ship be much more binary as well, or much more 70% of the player you like and 0% of the player you don't. Or instead, I found putting players on a scale of how likely they are to pay off one way or the other from points to value um, has actually changed my roster ship in the way that I want it to change. So... Let's see if I can put this in more solid terms, because right now I'm driving myself nuts. Um, Yeah, back to the breakout articles. Instead of thinking about this draft class or last year's draft class and who's going to break out from last year's draft class in their sophomore class, if there is no one keying up as likely to break out this year based on looking at 2022, I'm not interested in last year's draft class or this year's draft class. But if they are then they get put on the scale, higher up the scale, and I'm more interested in them. Now, in terms of wide receivers in general, yeah, they're most likely to break out at least at the top 24 level in their second career year, not their third career year, although the difference is fairly marginal. It is strongly their second year. But if you're looking for upside, as we wrote up last offseason, third year is actually where the most high-level breakouts happen in terms of, if to put it in simple terms, if you're looking for a top 24 breakout, you want second career players. If you're looking for a top 12 year, you want third year breakout players. And last year, that hit so strongly, I am doomed to fail in 2022. You very rarely, I think, I can ever hope to be as accurate as I was in that wide receiver breakout article. I named four players, one of which I said I didn't like, and he still ended up in the top 12, Deontay Johnson, Debo Samuel, Marcus Brown, who had his first top 24 season, and Terry McClellan, who's somewhat of a miss, but still had a nice soft top 24 season. That's that's a 100% hit, or at least a 75% hit, or at least I hit on two top 12 players, even if I said I didn't like him. And that's strong. That's like, I hope my breakout articles this year are half as good as that. So yeah, I'm due some regression, I think. But Instead of, like last year, being interested in the third year, because I noticed a lot of third years were being underdrafted, despite that high ceiling, I I looked into them because I was still thinking in terms of overall player development instead of what's more likely for the 2021 season. I think that would have made me much more likely to have included Cooper Cup, and me and Zach Reed, who again will be on the podcast next episode, also uh, had also mentioned Cooper Cup, but because I, was, I wasn't thinking in terms of what's likely in that particular year versus overall player development, I, I hope that would have made me more interested or pump the stock of Cooper Cup a little bit more. Because I got it right, but I got it wrong because I didn't focus on it enough. All right, so let's try and say this. How do you play Dynasty? You have a redraft mindset with a Dynasty perspective. There you go. What's more likely to happen in 2022? Wide receivers aren't less or more likely to break out. We hit 
um, breakouts in terms of players elevating into the top 12 or just elevating in general in terms of higher levels of production at about an average rate. Now that to me, to me means I have to take a pessimistic viewpoint. There's no regression up or regression down due, but we have had two solid years of about league average breakout rates at the wide receiver position in the top 12. So I would rather be low on that than high on that, especially after seeing two really strong draft classes and no comeuppances eventually come due with draft classes. So I think I will expect less than six top 12 wide receiver breakouts, especially less than six early, young, um, dynasty, fantasy type um, breakouts in 2022. Whereas at the running back position, we didn't just see less breakouts, we saw almost we saw one breakout we saw four repeats essentially the running back position last year was a running back graveyard and the overall production was the lowest we've seen in the last four years now true it's still around about average if you take a 10-year sample but we did see a significant decline over the last four years in points per game but I think that's very much to do with the players and not to do with the increased level of passing involvement that the NFL is getting involved in i've wandered off the path here where was i so yeah you play dynasty by looking at what's most likely to happen in 20 in the season in front of you and then trying to make decent decisions with a dynasty perspective so what does that mean well this comes to the practicality i was talking about and i actually put it in a thread to moderate fanfare no one liked it um but i found a mix and match trade strategy for wide receivers and we can do the same thing with running backs now the most likely breakouts into the top 12 right now that are valued at something of a discount outside the top 12, outside the top 24 in a way, uh, Alan Ross St. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Darnell Mooney. Now, again, none of those players strike you as particularly top 12 players, but neither did Debo Samuel last year, I remind you, or Deontay Johnson. But um, they are in the most likely career they are in the most likely career to hit the top 12 and their previous production patterns and career development strongly put them in line to be very common breakouts into the top 12. Does that mean I want to draft them in the top 12? No, because again, I'm playing a dynasty perspective. So instead, what I want to do is try to isolate or highlight players who are very, very good because they're on a scale. It's not about good and bad, but I think are more likely to repeat production or maintain levels of production that don't quite have that upside and preferably are maybe a little bit older so you always have maybe some of that dynasty win behind you because all your other league mates are foolishly chasing youth. So the mix and match that I came up with is side A, DJ Moore, Terry McClellan, Rashad Bateman, Jerry Judy, Marcus Brown, who I hate to put on that list because he's also drafted way too low, but still, bear with me. There is some wind in his sails because he's got Kyler Murray now, so people in your league may expect that a top 12 potential season is more likely if they're putting more stock in situational trends instead of, like I said, this historical perspective I tend to take. Um, also, DK Metcalf. Devontae Adams, and most 2022 rookies, all the rookies, in fact, for Traylon Burks and David Bell, from my cold dead hands kind of players, personally, and also Trey McBride, but he's not in this conversation. So that's side A. Those are players I think are more likely to repeat. Very good, because they're great players. Their previous levels of production maintain it. They might have a down year, but ultimately I'm convinced they're good, but I don't think... At this point in the career, it's reasonable to expect an upgrade unless you're putting strong stock in your ability to read the future, like Marcus Brown having a 
Tyler Murray now and DK Metcalf not having Russell Wilson. I just kind of fade that stuff because I know I, I've i not seen anyone hit on it better than a 50-50 rate, and I definitely know I don't. So instead, I think my I can sink my teeth into the knowledge of how careers typically break out or elevate in production and say that these players, despite being very good and well-valued inside the top 24 and top 12 in some instances, I would be more likely to say would repeat um, or maintain that repeat production or maintain value at best. Whereas the players on list B, who are Armand Ross St. Brown, Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore, Donald Mooney, Brandon Ayuk, Cortland Sutton, as opposed to Jerry Judy on the A-list, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Tyler Lockett, all have significantly more upside based on career production, and some of those could be repeats at a top 12 level of production, where currently they're being drafted outside the top 24. And so what I want to do is take players from list A, if they're on my roster, and trade them into players on list B with a plus. Not one for one, I'm not giving you DJ Moore for Armand Rice Brown, but if the player in my league is willing to add the value difference or something like the value difference, then I'm willing to take that plunge. Because, again, do using my historical method as if it's such a thing, I think I'm on Ross St. Brown, as crazy as it may sound, could have more upside than DJ Moore. I think Amon Ross St. Brown could easily have top 24 upside. Have a, He has a lower floor than DJ Moore very easily, but there is this common breakout potential that he has a higher upside if I'm going to dig my teeth into the process and again I want to do that borrowing from the Jacob Brick Road T-level energy to just play the game I want to play and also the way that it's a dynasty perspective is I'm expecting that plus I'm not giving you DJ Moore for Armour St. Brown without that plus and I'm not trading Armour St. Brown for DJ Moore without giving a plus either that's a dynasty perspective while looking at 2022 specifically and, and again, it's not just Armand Ross St. Brown on the list. I think Tyler Lockett, Juju, and Sutton, and even Brandon Ayuk, who's probably the only one on this list who isn't held to a higher value than his positional rank would suggest, for reasons I talked about uh, on last week's episode, actually. Um, and that's a practical application of all the gibberish I was just trying to tell you about playing how I play Dynasty now. So hopefully that provide some sort of context to how to play dynasty it's not that you take career projections and you try and line up all your breakouts for rookie different draft classes to hit in a single year instead you look at the next seasons more specifically like a redraft player would and try and apply a dynasty context into how to move into that value now the other aspect of it is just the other part and that i want to dig my teeth into besides kind of fading my ability to read situational production trends based on news and narratives, which definitely have value. I just don't think I can be sure I can hit on a success rate of 50% on them because I've never seen it done. And But I can, I think, over the long haul, do it with the breakout rates in career years uh, and career arcs, like, a, like has created this list of breakouts for me. Um, but it's also to pay attention to dynasty landscapes. Um, and that's the part I've really been talking about over the last few episodes. I expect 2022 to be a high running back breakout year in that we'll see more top 12 running backs that haven't had a top 12 season before. But I also expect to be a kind of 
shadow breakout year in that I don't think this is a rookie class that's going to carry us through for the next 10 years. I think it's more going to be like 2016 for various different trends that we've discussed on the podcast at different points. 2022 rookie running backs should be expected to produce a little bit more, and there are probably going to be a few surprises. Not that they're all going to jump into the top 12 that we are then going to have to value in Dynasty, when really I don't think this class shapes up to be the rejuvenation of the position entirely. So it makes it an awkward Dynasty year, because where I can expect high levels of production through breakouts, which is what Dynasty players typically are wrong, so it's where we find most of the value, again, just based on hit rates using DLF ADP, we're either trading for these wide receivers through these specific trades, but there are no Devontae Smith, there's no Debo Samuel, there's no Cooper Cup that are just being well-valued outside the top 24 and trade for one easy first. Now, if you have list B, for example, at the wide receiver position on your roster, you would find it hard to trade them away for more than a single first. In fact, in my leagues, you probably couldn't get a single first because the 2023 class from a dynasty perspective just holds so much value just in terms of picks, not even in terms of turning those picks into players. Um, But if someone else has them on your roster, you could well find a decent trade value on them if you have some of those higher value players. But it's only if you have a player that's more likely to repeat or maintain value, as I said. If you're going to throw picks at players, this isn't the year to do it because of the coming 2023 class, which is, again, trying to apply a dynasty perspective to a seasonal point of view, which means there's not a lot of way to get the access to the best, I think, wide receiver potential values for this year, which is unlike last year and unlike most years. And in that way, 2022 is a really awkward year to build. Now, when I put this thread out and several of them out on Twitter and as I talked about last week, uh, Cole Safchek and others have pointed out uh, that um, this is just highlighting an interesting area in a startup draft that I want to target. But I think that's also not how I want to view Dynasty most of the time, because 90%, 95% of my Dynasty life occurs after the startup draft, even if they're the most fun part of it for most people, and also the easiest way to describe values and such like. I think it's much better to think about a coming season from a dynasty perspective with how easy it is to trade for the best values based on higher upside and also a similar if lower floor as I was talking about DJ Moore and Amon Ryan St. Brown. Now you can do this at running back as well but I'm going to stick on wide receiver because I've already run through it and I can see I'm already pretty much at the 30 minute mark. Um And 2022 does not shape up to be a great year to do that. Therefore, I don't think it's a great year to go out and get those values to try and win. And I think if you go out and get those running backs, then there'll be heavy sell now candidates because of the type of running back breakouts I expect from a long-term perspective because the coming 2023 class and the fact there are still two, maybe three good years left in the 2017 running back class, which is one of those epic classes that has carried us for so many years. I think they still have more juice left in the tank with Saquon Barkley and CMC. So I think the 2016 breakouts might be a little bit of a long-term red herring. All right. So that's where my process has come to. It's not that these are facts and this is how you play Dynasty, but because I'm leaning more heavily on the historical perspective, I'm digging my teeth in fairly strong to breakout trends. And something um, I was talking about with people in the Discord this week as well is that I want to apply the same process to repeats and returns 
to come up with similar understanding of how likely individual players are to repeat or to return instead of having them with one big mass of a group, like Alan Robinson and Jarvis Landry could be returns, but which is more or less likely. Um, but again, it's taken me a whole off-season to really dig in and get to something I, I think I can just lay at the core of my dynasty process at this point in breakouts. So it might take uh, a couple of weeks for me to do that uh, for both repeats and and returns as well. In fact, it might be a nest off-season process because they represent so much of us. Uh, together, they represent half the group, but breakouts in Dynasty are more likely to be drafted inaccurately. So it's the area I really wanted to solidify. And also, uh, they themselves represent a 60% group by themselves. You don't have to combine those two different groups to get to a full 50% of, say, top 12 or top 24 producers at either position. So, yeah, it's a historical process, and essentially, while paying attention, I know Russell Wilson improves Judy and Sutton's upside, for example. I can't factor it into that breakout rate, so they just have lower breakout scores than I would like, Um, but it does mean that I can know that, and if I find them a decent value in a draft or in a trade, I would definitely be interested in that, especially in best ball. (laughs) You bring, just just do it in another format, I guess. Um. But um, using that historical perspective to to apply a dynasty understanding of a redraft mentality to the coming season. It's, honestly, it's probably the best way I can say it in 30 minutes or 35 minutes or less. Um, and that's how I play dynasty. I'm going to look at who is more likely to produce over what we currently expect in a given year. Um, and I'm going to want to trade in heavily to them. But then I'm going to consider their value and where the dynasty progression of different eras of draft classics, I'm really starting to believe that's a thing we can honestly sink our teeth into as well, um, are for how much I actually want to gamble on that, and whether I want to gamble future capital, or I'm just willing to do trades like this. And 2022 is a strong, I'll consider trades like this if I can get it year, but mostly it's probably a more favorable rebuilding year. But there will be running back breakouts. And so, as always, that golden rule or tenant or whatever we used to call it, heuristics of make sure you have more running backs than you expect, especially young running backs, because they're more likely to break out and have the higher hit rates. And also, it's dynasty, so age doesn't hurt and is fully in play for the 2022 season. Um, all right, that's as close as I can get to uh, at least off the cuff explaining my dynasty process and where I'm at for 2022. Again, pick and choose parts of it or dismiss the whole thing and if it wasn't entertaining i'm 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 sorry i'm trying my best uh but yeah um come back for next week's episode even if you hated this one please because that one should be really good um because jacob and zach are both going to be there and i think we strongly have diff we have strong opinions on very interesting and important ideas that are that we should have strong in that we have very strong and different opinions on things you definitely have a have to have a strong opinion on to play Dynasty well. Um, and both of those guys are smart and great and fun, so they should make the episode more enjoyable. Um, wish me luck, because I, I definitely haven't done enough research to go up against either of those two guys in any of those debates. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what they want to say about them, because I'm hoping to learn a lot. Um, anyway, thanks for listening to The Crossroads. I'm sorry if this is a bit of an... Well, all of my episodes are untidy. I really thought I could sum it up better than that, but it seems I couldn't. But 
hopefully the practical application of what I'm talking about in those trades did something like explain it. It seems real simple in my head at this point. I don't think about hit rates for draft classes. I think about hit rates for individual seasons. Nah, that didn't do it. Anyway, thanks again, and I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.